Chapter Seventeen of Three Years by Anton Chekhov, translated by Constance Garnett, eighteen sixty one to nineteen forty six. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Seventeen. In spite of the complexity of the business and the immense turnover, there were no bookkeepers in the warehouse and it was impossible to make anything out of the books kept by the cashier in the office every day the warehouse was visited by agents german and english with whom the clerks talked politics and religion a man of noble birth ruined by drink an ailing pitiable creature used to come to translate the foreign correspondence in the office the clerks used to call him a midge and put salt in his tea and altogether the whole concern struck laptov as a very queer business he went to the warehouse every day and tried to establish a new order of things he forbade them to thrash the boys and to jeer at the buyers and was violently angry when the clerks gleefully dispatched to the provinces worthless shop-soiled goods as though they were new and fashionable now he was the chief person in the warehouse but still as before he did not know how large his fortune was whether his business was doing well how much the senior clerks were paid and so on Pochatkin and Makeachov looked upon him as young and inexperienced, concealed a great deal from him, and whispered mysteriously every evening with his blind old father. It somehow happened at the beginning of June that Loptov went into the Bubnovsky restaurant with Pochatkin to talk business with him over lunch. Pochatkin had been with the Loptovs a long while, and had entered their service at eight years old. He seemed to belong to them. They trusted him fully and when on leaving the warehouse he gathered up all the takings from the till and thrust them into his pocket it never aroused the slightest suspicion he was the head man in the business and in the house and also in the church where he performed the duties of churchwarden in place of his old master he was nicknamed malyuta skuratov on account of his cruel treatment of the boys and clerks under him when they went into the restaurant he nodded to a waiter and said bring us my lad half a bodkin and twenty-four unsavouries after a brief pause the waiter brought on a tray half a bottle of vodka and some plates of various kinds of savouries look here my good fellow said pochatkin give us a plateful of the source of all slander and evil speaking with mashed potatoes the waiter did not understand he was puzzled and would have said something but pochatkin looked at him sternly and said except the waiter thought intently then went to consult with his colleagues and in the end guessing what was meant brought a plateful of tongue when they had drunk a couple of glasses and had had lunch laptov asked tell me ivan vasilich is it true that our business has been dropping off for the last year not a bit of it tell me frankly and honestly what income we have been making and are making and what our profits are we can't go on in the dark we had a balancing of the accounts at the warehouse lately but excuse me i don't believe in it you think fit to conceal something from me and only tell the truth to my father you have been used to being diplomatic from your childhood and now you can't get on without it and what's the use of it so i beg you to be open what is our position it all depends upon the fluctuation of credit pochatkin answered after a moment's pause what do you understand by the fluctuation of credit pochatkin began explaining but laptov could make nothing of it and sent for makeachov 
the latter promptly made his appearance had some lunch after saying grace and in his sedate mellow baritone began saying first of all that the clerks were in duty bound to pray night and day for their benefactors by all means only allow me not to consider myself your benefactor said laptev every man ought to remember what he is and to be conscious of his station by the grace of god you are a father and benefactor to us and we are your slaves i am sick of all that said laptev getting angry please be a benefactor to me now please explain the position of our business give up looking upon me as a boy or to-morrow i shall close the business my father is blind my brother is in the asylum my nieces are only children i hate the business i should be glad to go away but there's no one to take my place as you know for goodness sake drop your diplomacy they went to the warehouse to go into the accounts then they went on with them at home in the evening the old father himself assisting initiating his son into his commercial secrets the old man spoke as though he were engaged not in trade but in sorcery it appeared that the profits of the business were increasing approximately ten per cent per annum and that the laptev's fortune reckoning only money and paper securities amounted to six million roubles when at one o'clock at night after balancing the accounts laptev went out into the open air he was still under the spell of those figures it was a still sultry moonlight night the white walls of the houses beyond the river the heavy barred gates the stillness and the black shadows combined to give the impression of a fortress and nothing was wanting to complete the picture but a sentinel with a gun laptev went into the garden and sat down on a seat near the fence which divided them from the neighbor's yard where there was a garden too the bird cherry was in bloom laptev remembered that the tree had been just as gnarled and just as big when he was a child and had not changed at all since then every corner of the garden and of the yard recalled the faraway past and in his childhood too just as now the whole yard bathed in moonlight could be seen through the sparse trees the shadows had been mysterious and forbidding a black dog had lain in the middle of the yard and the clerk's windows had stood wide open and all these were cheerless memories the other side of the fence in the neighbor's yard there was a sound of light steps my sweet my precious said a man's voice so near the fence that laptev could hear the man's breathing now they were kissing laptev was convinced that the millions and the business which was so distasteful to him were ruining his life and would make him a complete slave he imagined how little by little he would grow accustomed to his position would little by little enter into the part of the head of a great firm would begin to grow dull and old die in the end as the average man usually does die in a decrepit soured old age making every one about him miserable and depressed but what hindered him from giving up those millions in that business and leaving that yard and garden which had been hateful to him from his childhood the whispering and kisses the other side of the fence disturbed him he moved into the middle of the yard and unbuttoning his shirt over his chest looked at the moon and it seemed to him that he would order the gate to be unlocked and would go out and never come back again his heart ached sweetly with a foretaste of freedom he laughed joyously and pictured how exquisite poetical and even holy life might be but he still stood and did not go away and kept asking himself what keeps me here and he felt angry with himself and with the black dog which still lay stretched on the stone yard instead of running off to the open country to the woods where it would have been free and happy 
it was clear that that dog and he were prevented from leaving the yard by the same thing the habit of bondage of servitude at midday next morning he went to see his wife and that he might not be dull asked yartsev to go with him yulia sergeyevna was staying in a summer villa at butovo and he had not been to see her for five days when they reached the station the friends got into a carriage and all the way there yartsev was singing and in raptures over the exquisite weather the villa was in a great park not far from the station at the beginning of an avenue about twenty paces from the gates yulia sergeyevna was sitting under a broad spreading poplar waiting for her guests she had on a light elegant dress of a pale cream colour trimmed with lace and in her hand she had the old familiar parasol yartsev greeted her and went on to the villa from which came the sound of sasha's and lida's voices while laptev sat down beside her to talk of business matters why is it you haven't been for so long she said keeping his hand in hers i have been sitting here for days watching for you to come i miss you so when you are away she stood up and passed her hand over his hair and scanned his face his shoulders his hat with interest you know i love you she said and flushed crimson you are precious to me here you've come i see you and i'm so happy i can't tell you well let us talk tell me something she had told him she loved him and he could only feel as though he had been married to her for ten years and that he was hungry for his lunch she had put her arm round his neck tickling his cheek with the silk of her dress he cautiously removed her hand stood up and without uttering a single word walked to the villa the little girls ran to meet him how they have grown he thought and what changes in these three years but one may have to live another thirteen years another thirty years what is there in store for us in the future if we live we shall see he embraced sasha and lida who hung upon his neck and said grandpapa sends his love uncle fyodor is dying uncle kostya has sent a letter from america and sends you his love in it he's bored at the exhibition and will soon be back and uncle alyosha is hungry then he sat on the veranda and saw his wife walking slowly along the avenue towards the house she was deep in thought there was a mournful charming expression in her face and her eyes were bright with tears she was not now the slender fragile pale-faced girl she used to be she was a mature beautiful vigorous woman and laptev saw the enthusiasm with which yartsev looked at her when he met her and the way her new lovely expression was reflected in his face which looked mournful and ecstatic too one would have thought that he was seeing her for the first time in his life and while they were at lunch on the veranda yartsev smiled with a sort of joyous shyness and kept gazing at yulia and at her beautiful neck laptev could not help watching them while he thought that he had perhaps another thirteen another thirty years of life before him and what would he have to live through in that time what is in store for us in the future and he thought let us live and we shall see end of chapter seventeen Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. End of Three Years by Anton Chekhov. Translated by Constance Garnett, 1861 to 1946.